Good afternoon and welcome to Revenue Marketing Television. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz. This is the CMO Insight Series. And today we have as our guest, Ken Robinson, Chief Marketing Officer of ProSites. Ken, welcome to the show. Great, thanks so much, Jeff. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, so uh, I've had a chance to work with you over the years in a couple different uh, opportunities. Tell me, tell me a little bit about ProSites and some of the main challenges that you're facing there. Yeah, ProSites is actually it's a, an inter interesting business. Um, on the surface of what we do is we um, develop uh, website designs or offer website design and then online marketing services. And our target audience is um, professional services. And more specifically, it's people in the medical, dental, veterinary, and then also in the financial services space. And so as you can imagine, it's people that are doing your taxes or cleaning your teeth, and, and that's their area of expertise. Uh, website design and online marketing, whether it's paid search or SEO or social media engagement, really didn't go to school for that, and that's not the core of their business. And yeah. usually, the people in their in their office, that's not their core expertise either. But as you would imagine, in those industries and in those businesses, they need to drive demand, need to drive awareness, and retain clients. So it's a common, you know, challenge and uh, and concern and focus for a lot of businesses. And for them, because they don't have the expertise in-house, they usually are looking to outsource those services. They want to make sure they're maximizing the return on those investments and, uh, and, and really you know, delivering a, a great user experience from an online marketing perspective to their, to their patients or to their, their clients. So they turn to us to do that. Okay. Uh, so we have about 15,000 clients that we uh, deliver those services, uh, services to. So we market um, the suite of services under the ProSites brand, but then we also have a parallel brand called CPA Site Solutions. So our corporate brand is ProSites, but we do business under those uh, both of those individual uh, brand mastheads. Okay. So as you progress through the years, how are you seeing the role of marketing change? Do you find that you're having to run things more like a business today than you were, say, a few years ago? Yeah, you know, I think that's a common... Um, I guess, challenge point, certainly early, if you go back five, seven, maybe even as much as 10 years for marketers to really think about marketing as a, a critical or a key component of any business. You know, I, I joke with your with your counterpart, Debbie, that you know marketing historically has always been thought about as sort of pens and mugs and shirts at trade shows and you know, <laughs> really never been thought about as a, a revenue generating uh, component of any business, but I think the mindset today, and we certainly see this in articles that have been published and trade shows and other industry events that we go to, you know, marketing today is very much a revenue-focused, metrics-driven organization, and I think that really supports a focus of, you know, thinking about marketing as a business. I know for us, in my specific instance in our company, we really do think about um, marketing as a, <clears throat> a business in the sense that we have inputs, we have a process, and then we have a series of outputs, and we're constantly looking to measure and optimize the uh, the outputs given the, a finite um, amount of resources that are available to us. So we are thinking about cost, we are thinking about revenue, and we're thinking about overall profitability, and that's something that cascades down from you know the board to the leadership team through every function within the organization and marketing very much so given the budget uh, that's so, been afforded to so go drive more business. Speaking of those things, then what are you being specifically held accountable for at your level and then what are you holding your yeah. team accountable for? 
you know, for a long time, not just within this organization, I've always looked to benchmark marketing's performance based on really two very simple metrics. Um, one is pipeline growth, and the second is closed business. And part of that is it's very measurable. Um, and probably as importantly, that type of a, a focus and benchmarks and just the language that's used to talk about um, marketing's contribution back to the business in those two forms draws very, very tight alignment with the sales organization because those are the terms that they think in. How am I doing in terms of building my pipeline? How am I doing in terms of closing business? What am I doing to relieve quota? And where is my focus area and where am I focusing my time and attention? So that's the way that I, in coming into this organization, um, look to benchmark marketing's performance, pipeline growth, close one business. And when we think about how does that cascade down through the marketing organization, that type of a lexicon or KPIs, if you will, those, that's on the tips of the tongues of everybody on my team, whether they're in demand gen, marketing operations, content marketing, product marketing. They know those are the two, if you will, yardsticks that we are going to hold ourselves accountable to, and that's where the company is going to hold marketing accountable to. We have other diagnostic KPIs to ensure that we're moving in the right direction with those two benchmarks, um, and those are equally important to us as marketers, but we sort of keep that, if you will, as a part of our, our marketing lexicon. So we talk about conversion rates, we talk about MQL funnel, velocity, things like that. Those are you know, terms, if you will, or benchmarks that we use to determine if we're moving in the right direction. But pipeline growth, close one business, that's how we're measuring um, marketing's impact on the business. Great, I'm great. Um, so as you're building this culture, what type of people are you hiring for now? I and mean, what, what skills are you looking for versus say what you might have needed a few years back? Yeah, it's interesting. I've been with the organization since the 15th of October, and I inherited um, uh, two great people. Uh, and one was doing uh, trade shows and events for us, and then the other person was doing um, kind of PR, and I guess what I'd consider is more corporate marketing. So uh, what attracted me to this position was the ability to build a team. Um, and the, the blueprint for the team build-out is actually very much aligned with what the Pedowitz Group had, had put forward um, probably about a year ago in terms of what does a, a revenue-driven, metrics uh, kind of focused marketing organization, what's a contemporary revenue marketing organization look like today, uh, which I thought great details and great examples and really uh, aligned with kind of my thinking at the time. And so that's, if you will, a blueprint that I've, I've forwarded today. So the places that I filled in, um, I filled in marketing operations, it was a relatively new hire for us. Um, I've got demand generation that we've plugged in. Demand generation for us is the only position where it's um, kind of market specific or role specific focus. And that's largely because on the pro site side of the business, we're focused on dental, medical, veterinary, that type of, uh, of a buyer. On our CPA site solutions, it's very much accounting or uh, tax preparation focus. So completely different buyer, buying cycles, buyer personas, channels of engagement. So they are aligned with this very specific in industries. Everybody else on my team, whether it's content marketing, events, marketing operations, product marketing, really serves both lines of business. So I guess maybe stated a little bit more simply, I have a, sort of a service-based layer within the marketing organization, and then I have some industry-specific uh, focused roles. But everybody is held accountable to very similar metrics we just talked about, pipeline growth, close on business, but um, we do have some specialization and then some industry alignment on the team. What I'm really hiring for today is uh, one best in class in terms of background experience. So we're certainly looking for people that can 
uh, do the job that we are asking them to do. But I'm also finding that really cultural fit and cultural alignment is, in some ways, I'm almost as equally important. You know, I've gotten to the point where I'm fully staffed, and so as I'm thinking about bringing new people onto the team, I'm thinking about the cultural grade yeah. point average, and are those people adding to that, or at least helping to maintain some level of neutrality yeah, around those, it? Uh, team dynamics, they're always, they're so important. And then, yeah, especially as you build your culture over time, getting people that fit. Yeah, it's hugely important for us because we we, um, we all work remotely. Um, we're dual headquartered in San Diego and then also Vermont, but the totality of my team works across the United States, Chicago and San Diego and L.A. and Vermont and Connecticut. And so really, you know, finding the right team culture and the right cultural DNA to support that type of remote um, or kind of distributed team uh, structures and hugely, hugely important. We need people that can can work autonomously, but yet still, you know, very much contribute to a team-oriented culture. Um, great. So tell me a little bit more about some of the processes that you're working on now as you start to get your team in place. What are you focusing on that's going to get you to the next level? You know, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. One of the things that we are thinking about team culture is finding people that are um, kind of process-driven. Uh, and uh, I've been very fortunate to find people that very much, you know, like process. If process is not there, they document the initial process and look to, you know, for ways to improve that. Um, from a technology perspective, one of the ways we, we are sort of maintaining effectiveness and efficiency from a process standpoint is we use a, a technology called Asana. Um, that's something the team brought forward and said, you know, we'd like to be able to use this. It gives us greater visibility um, across the different functions and roles within marketing. Um, and it helps us keep pace with the volume and the velocity of marketing campaigns and programs we're executing against. So part of that is really just making sure we've got the right tools in place and the right level of visibility. Now, part of that is really establishing a culture that's based on um, very strong communication. Again, we are all remote. So, you know, because we do have sort of a functional delineation across the marketing team from content, demand gen, and ops, we want to make sure that we weren't creating any silos. So we want to make sure that information was flowing freely across the organization. Um, we, we, we find time to connect uh, based on video. Uh, so we're, we're establishing a, a personal connection through FaceTime. Um, so there's a series of meetings, whether it's our team meetings, individual one-on-ones, or sort of small group meetings amongst the team members that are really helping to facilitate that process. And what we do, regular kind of a monthly check-in, you know, uh, and certainly a quarterly check-in. What's worked? What's not working? Where can we find greater efficiencies for, um, for improvement? And the, and the team is focused on that. If we notice that, for instance, with our webinar um, development process. It was a little clunky. There's kind of what I call gum in the gears going from ideation to execution to measurement and reporting. The team brought forward some ideas on how we can better improve